0: Hello, everyone. My name is JT, the Talking Head. You are the audience and you are listening to episode 13 of the Masters of Matinee podcast, the collaborative show between content creators who all share a great love for cinema and a passion for physical media. Our co-host today is Drewby's Doobies Movies, and we're talking about the bodacious biome of biopics, discussing everything in the based on a true story genre from Walk the Line to Abraham Lincoln Vampire Hunter. The Masters of Matinee would like to remind you to please silence your cell phones and do enjoy the show <sighs> rolling 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 rawhide,
1: rawhide.
0: <laughs> going on everybody masters of matinee with drewski drooby-dooby movie
1: how's it going buddy doing amazing how are you doing today
0: i'm not quite on your energy level yet are you a morning <laughs> person
1: I mean, yeah, yeah. I tend to get up a little earlier than the average. We're we're at a recording
0: at 11 a.m. right now, and my dog is walking around, even though I told her to go to bed. So if you guys hear nail taps in the background, <laughs> <laughs> forgive, please. But um, so we're kind of talking about biopics today. Uh, kind of a loose subject because there's so many that you can. Choose from we were talking briefly about how many there are. How many did you say he he Googled like the best biopics? How many did it say?
1: Uh, It gave me a list of the top 75 biopics. So there's probably more than 75. I'm sure. I'm sure. (laughs) Man, like. So
0: unknowingly, I had started watching biopics um, last month before any of this started. And I watched one or two before this, but what kind of got drew and I on this idea to make an episode about it was we were talking about walk the line, the Johnny cash story. Sure. And we were, I had reviewed it on letterboxd, um, four and a half stars. And I said the best biopic ever made perfect casting, wonderful direction, awesome cinematography, just brief because I, I love the movie. It's one that I always grew up with watching. um, and then drew said that he used to love the film. And then he found out about how they had whitewashed June, uh, not June, um, Vivian Vivian. Yeah. Uh, he doesn't feel the same about it. So that sent me down a rabbit hole about doing a bunch of research and long story short, according to Vivian and Vivian's daughter, Vivian did not know that she was black. She was, um, always thought that she was, um, like descended from Italians and uh, she had darker skin, even though she, it was lighter and like in the sixties, whenever Johnny got arrested and stuff, the newspapers and stuff like darkened her, like made her look darker than she actually was to like spread this narrative that Johnny Cash was married to a black woman, which at the time was pre-civil rights. So it was illegal to be, to have a mixed race marriage. And um, if you ask me, I personally believe that maybe they they did know that she was black and they spun that narrative that she was full Italian and then she just even in her memoir, which is what Walk the Wat Line was based off of, she kept that secret to her grave. So yeah. I, like that's kind of how I feel about it, but you can't really I don't think you confront the movie about that because the movie was made it it released right after she died. So she didn't get to see it, but it was being made when she was still alive. And okay. apparently her daughter uh, didn't know that she was African because in, I think it was 2020, there was a big ordeal with her where she took like a, one of those like ancestry tests, a blood test and, uh, or a spit test or whatever. And came back that I think it was Vivian's great grandmother was a slave and so the fact that it was her great-grandmother that was a slave kind of ma- does further my belief that, I mean, Vivian probably knew about her great-grandmother. I mean, it's not like you're tracing your lineage back super far with a great-grandmother. Like, I'm sure her her mom or her dad knew their grandparent and would have known they were a slave and would have known they were black. So that kind yeah. of makes me feel like maybe Johnny and Vivian had, had uh, withheld that information because of the time. But I don't I don't know if you can cut yeah. the movie for that. But that got me thinking about you know biopics and stuff, and about how they're misrepresented and and uh, and how a lot of them are are misinfer- filled with misinformation and stuff about these people's lives.
1: Yeah, for sure. Yeah, it's a it, it takes a really good biopic to really do the research and really go in and get everything right, especially like. I don't know i'm more like the biopics that are just focusing on like a person in a particular point in their life not necessarily like oh give me the give me this whole person's life like let me go through this person's life like i don't really like those long drawn out stories like i like the more intense like we're focusing on this person at this moment in his in his or her life and like like i I rewatched the darkest hour and And a huge World War Two kick, and it was really interesting, because you literally just follow, um, Churchill for, like, the whole, the whole movie, that's all you're doing, and he's the only one that wants to do anything about Germany, he's the only one that wants to attack, everyone else is trying to make deals and have peace, and he's like, you can't have peace with Hitler, that's, that's not a thing, like, you realize that, right, and no one does, so it's like, it's just really interesting when biopics do that to where you get to go into a moment, especially in history and see what exactly happened and what transpired and what was said and who was on what side of history. I think it's really, really cool when it's done really well like that.
0: Yeah, I agree. Um, I personally, for me, I'm a, I'm more of a fan of whenever they cover uh, a person's entire history. So like walk the line, they, they covered Johnny from the time he was a kid and mm-hmm. because like, especially with musicians, right? So with Johnny, yeah. the events with his brother and everything led to his family home falling apart and led to his time in the air force, which led to him going through all this stuff. You know, obviously he was going through depression and stuff like that. And so he, um, i mean i think that it all just kind of the movie shows the root of where he came from and what
1: really inspired
0: his music to become how dark it was at the time
1: yeah no i'm for sure some stories some stories definitely need to be told at the beginning to understand how we got to where we are now a hundred and a million bajillion percent but um And I like like no one wants to be seeing Churchill's early days. I'm sure it wasn't anything spectacular or crazy. I'm sure he grew up in a very normal household and rose through the ranks, like like any other politician does. So there's definitely certain stories that you want to see how they came to be the person they were. And uh, and yeah, I feel like a lot of musicians, a lot of like sports, I'd say too. It, it, it's usually like that. Like a lot of the sports is like they came from, they came from a bad home or they came from a bad area and they worked really hard to get out of that set area. And so it's, it's nice to see the, the younger. And I think with the Johnny cash story too, it's, it, it is very important because that, I mean, his brother dying totally just changed the whole aspect of his life. It's like one of those multiverses things. I mean, not really, but you know, it's just life, but it's just like one of those things where it's like, that happened, and now his life is totally askew from what it would have been if that hadn't have happened. So,
0: yeah, and I can, um, I, I, I definitely can agree with you though about how like the uh, <clears throat> situational biopics, where it's like covering a specific point of history, mm. Uh you know, because like sometimes it's not just about the person; it's about the impact of the events.
1: Yes. So like that's very true.
0: Let's look at like the social mm-hmm. network. Uh mm-hmm. with Jesse Eisenberg. Um yeah, it was about Zuckerberg, sure, but it wasn't just about Zuckerberg. It was about the people who started Facebook, which by the way, have you seen The Social Network?
1: Oh yeah, for sure. Okay.
0: I don't like that movie.
1: Really? I,
0: I don't I I know I'm in the minority. I, I don't I, I don't think I've ever seen another David Venture film.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, I think that's the only one I've seen. I'd have to look okay. it up, though. Um, but I did not like it. I thought that it was hot
1: garbage. <laughs> Damn. A well, lot of people say that's the best biopic ever made. It,
0: I think they probably say that because it's probably one of the most accurate biopics ever made. But I yeah. think that they were... A, I think they were trying to make mark zuckerberg's story more interesting than it actually was so i mean i was i was like really fucking bored through a lot of it and then b as far as like a film goes like i just didn't i didn't gel with it so but that's what that's like one of the biopics i watched that kind of started me on the kick of biopics um and so i thought that was interesting and, and if we're talking about situational um i mean in our current history like the one that we are living in right now, that in a hundred years people are going to be studying. It's like, it it is an interesting thing because it encapsulates pretty much the, the genesis of modern social media, which if you look at the social network through that aspect, it is quite interesting. But Mm -hmm. other than that, I, I just, I don't know, man, I wasn't a fan of it, but, but I, I think that it's the kind of situational, um, event story focused biopic that you're you're talking about like with the darkest hour and stuff it's churchill mm. focused on world war ii um mm. didn't you watch the i can't remember what's called this the one on hitler
1: uh i watched yeah i watched downfall i don't I, I i don't know if necessarily could call that a biopic like the first half is but but it it, it carries on after he shoots himself so um, but it was real. It was real interesting just seeing um that side of the story, and and it, it is in German. Um, so and it's like that's a story only the Germans can really tell. So I I just love that aspect of it, and uh yeah, I was just interested to see how crazy this guy was. I mean, and and the dude who was playing Hitler, um, he did an amazing job, and he's one of those actors. Let me see if I can get his name. Bruno Gans, Um he like got really famous after he died actually he was like pretty well known but then he this is like what this downfall was one of his last roles and he shortly passed away after it and he got really really famous after that for like not only downfall but all everyone just went into his whole like catalog and dove in and he got really really popular but he did an amazing job of, of portraying Hitler and and it was just it, it it was really it was really, really interesting and insightful to be in that bunker with all those Germans and seeing seeing which ones were trying to like save the, the German common folk, the German people, because basically like they were sieging in on they were they were bombing this little city and and Hitler was just like no I'm not giving up I'm not giving up and like there was people would be like you need to like you need to let the you need to let people go you need to like cease fire you need to like wave the white flag and let these people survive and get out of here and he was like no um it, if if they were if they were true to my cause and true to our cause then they would have no problem dying with me so therefore I'm not going to do that and then he ends up just killing himself in, in, anyway so I don't know but it was really really good what a fucking madman dude (laughs) yeah dude and there's people and there's people even after he kills himself that they and they in turn kill themselves because they don't want to live in a world where he isn't the fuhrer and it's just like crazy how how he he had a hold of these people like that and just like i don't know like a, a lot of people didn't understand what he was doing with with the Jewish community and he, they didn't understand the, the camps and anything until it was like way later in the war. And then everyone was like, what the fuck? Like everyone knew he was like putting them in, in the ghettos and stuff. And they were like, I, I'm not saying that, you know, people, so most of the people were on board with everything up until that. So it's like just crazy how he, how he even got to that point. And then to end it all like that, it's just, Ugh. Oh. It's just is very on par for him, I guess. But on the offhand of that, I watched Schindler's List, which, like, granted, I didn't really, I didn't really know anything about Schindler's List. I knew Spielberg did it. I haven't really, I hadn't really looked into it. And I recently, I recently picked it up on 4K, and it has Dolby Vision as well as like sound and stuff. So I wanted, to, I was like, okay, well, I'm on this kick. I'm gonna check this out, and it was one of the most beautifully heartbreaking, amazing historical movies I have ever seen in my life. I, I think it is probably the best biopic. Um I just, it moved me beyond words. I mean, I, I didn't even, I didn't even know this was a thing. I didn't, wasn't taught about it in school. I like didn't know who Schindler was. And then I sit down and watch this movie and it's just all unraveled for me, so. I think biopics have a really strong voice in certain stories, you know.
0: They do. Um I'm just always hesitant to take them as gospel with uh because I mean Hollywood likes to embellish and take liberties and <clears throat> really make them uh more creative so it will retain mm-hmm. audiences and i understand that to some aspect like mm-hmm. a lot of these are based on source material but then when you look at a film like the darkest hour which again i haven't seen but just based off of what you're telling me um nobody really knows what went on in that bunker you know so if it's showing if it's focusing on hitler in the bunker like yeah the you know we've supposedly found his body and stuff but then there's all sorts of wild theories that honestly look more and more like truth now at this point about how like maybe he went to
1: argentina and shit he fled to argentina mm-hmm. have you heard that no i haven't and that's why i was saying i don't think downfall is really a biopic because cause like they they they, there's just they're in the bond and that's what i'm saying too because like because I think there was other people with him in the bunker, per se, like the whole time. But then when he went away to shoot himself and shit, he was by himself. So, I mean, I'm with you. I, there's it's a lot of hearsay with that. So I don't necessarily think Downfall was a biopic, but there, there are certain biopics that do like to embellish a lot. I mean, um, I watched uh, very speculative. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Definitely it's the it's a writer adding to the story. It's a writer filling in the gaps of what he thinks is happening. So right. for sure. Um, but I watched Amadeus and Amadeus is technically a biopic, but it's like based off like of a of like what you were kinda saying. Say. It's based off of one person's viewpoint. So it's like how accurate. Is everything? But from a technical standpoint, Amadeus is like a biopic, which is interesting because I don't, you don't even really know what's real and what's not. And people could watch that and be like, "Oh, like it's a biopic. Everything's everything's accurate," and then take it as fact.
0: Well, I mean, like, like I said, Hollywood takes creative liberties, right? I mean, yeah. Look yeah. at, I, I don't like bringing Mel Gibson into the conversation. Uh-oh, but made perhaps one of the most accurate bi- uh, biopics ever, because it was straight from the Bible, the Passion of the Christ. I mean, yeah, and I think what?
1: I was going to say how accurate's the Bible now though?
0: Oh, uh, I mean that's
1: <laughs> uh, you know,
0: We're not here to speculate religion.
1: But i that's what I'm saying. But yeah, I get what you're saying. It's word for word what will happen in the Bible.
0: Well, okay, so the reason that I actually like Passion as a film is because and I'm I'm not religious personally, but I can find yeah. like as a film fan, I can find uh things to like about it. Um I think that, you know, it really shows the brutality of the crucifixion well. Like it makes you kind yeah. of feel just even if you're not taking this as this is the Messiah getting crucified, you're seeing a, a human being, mm-hmm. the atrocities that are being slung at them. And it's like, it's awful. Um, yeah. Very so, intense. I mean, there's there's biopics like that. And then I, I kind of want to know, while we're on the topic of talking about biopics that take creative liberties, what do you think about movies that like really lean into taking the creative liberty. Like they might, they might be based like tightly based on somebody or a time period. And then they just go far off into left field with it. Something like the new Elvis movie. Have you seen Elvis?
1: Yes, I have. Is that like pretty far off from, I didn't, I don't really know much about Elvis. So,
0: so from what I know, It's uh very one sided, like it's it's um what's his name Colonel Tom Parker is that what his name was the the manager and stuff. It's Colonel Sutton that that managed Elvis. Um, apparently that movie kind of tells his story wrong and stuff like that. But I mean, then it takes. That story though and it takes a lot of creative liberties and like makes it morphs it into a hollywood blockbuster yeah. so, so what do you think about like when they take life or something that's rooted in real life or rooted in the, the real life of a person and then they completely embellish it to make it entertaining
1: I mean, I feel like that it, it that that it's okay, but it, it definitely should come with like a warring label of like like these events are like loosely based off of real events, like. And I feel like a lot of movies do have that label, but it definitely needs that label because I think it it causes for an interesting movie and it causes for interesting topics and discussions and and like you said, blockbuster so money, um, right and. Uh, so as long as it's making money but uh so i just think that as long as it's like stated that it's like embellished then that's okay and maybe hopefully the goal of the movie too is to be like okay that was really interesting but i want to know what actually like happens to this person or event so then you'll go on do your own research with actual historical references and be able to Come to your own conclusions on what Actually happened and what was embellished Because that's kind of like Amadeus Like like Mozart Was known to be like A, 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 a Womanizer and like kind of far Out there and a little cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs But he was like a prodigy From the age of like four or six Or some shit like that So it's like he embellishes on that And it's told from a point of view of someone That doesn't like Mozart so it's like it's obviously gonna be askewed from there from the get go. So it's just like, did Mozart actually really laugh like that? Because his laugh was is crazy in that movie. It's so he's so like willy nilly. Like, was he actually like that, or is that just uh, emphasized a little more in the movie to like like you said to like get it to Hollywood standard? So it's like. So you want to go and do your own research after that basically. So I think I think they're good as long as they come with the warning label and then you got to do your own race, research and make your own opinions about it, you know.
0: I think research is probably warranted for anything you you read or watch out there. I mean, you know, yeah. a, history is written by the victors and so there's always another side of the story to tell wherever you are, whatever story you're hearing i mean if you're reading a a historical book about a person if you're reading a book about george washington then if you want to get the full story you might need to read multiple books about george washington
1: you know yeah for sure um two sides to every story
0: I'm, i'm interested though about this amadeus picture you're telling me about so mm-hmm. whose perspective is it from? Is it from Beethoven's perspective or Mozart's no, perspective? I mean,
1: no, it's from this, uh, it's, is it's funny. It's like from his rival, Sal, Salva, Salvador, I think is his name. It's Salvador something. I'm going to look it up real quick, but, um, he is telling it. They're like rivals, but Mozart doesn't know they're rivals. Cause he never like told them, but like deep down in his, like in his loins, he, he's never liked Mozart because Mozart was so talented. And no one really saw it, but, um, but, uh, fucking Salva, Salvador or whatever his name is. God, I'm almost there. Um, but so no one realized it because Mozart likes to use a lot of notes. And back then Salieri, Antonio Salieri, is his name. And he's like a really, he's like the, the what's it? Emperor? The king he's just like oh his his very own like conductor and he makes sure everything is okay and they're trying to see if mozart can be brought on to help them and and make music for them and everyone's a little hesitant on him but he's like no he's he's really really good but everyone doesn't like him because it's it's so many notes and everyone's not used to it and they like and it's like they don't like it they're like oh it's it's like too much so like people are hesitant about him but. So deep down, Salieri he hates Mozart, and he, like, tries to, like, mess up his career path. and Because Mozart's also one of those people that didn't get famous until he died. Like, he was the most, like, unfamous conductor of that period. Like Like, no one even really knew who he was. Like, he tried so hard to get up there, and it just didn't work out because no one was buying into his art except for salary, salary. So that was, it was just really cool to like, get a perspective for someone that like respects the living hell out of someone's artwork, but like, doesn't like the person behind it. Cause Mozart was a womanizer and kind of like a piece of shit in a way. But, um, so, so it was, yeah, it's from his perspective. So Oops. it's like, it, it's like, he's on his deathbed. It's like, he's on, he's like, he's like basically dying salary is, and a, and a Pope comes in to hear him, um, do his, uh, what's the word
0: last sacrament or whatever.
1: Yeah. And like anything he wants to say that he did or confessional confessional it's like a last confessional and he, and he's telling, he's telling him the story of Amadeus basically. Oh, okay. I got you. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah. I got you. So, if this is that makes me wonder then how much of that is is creative liberty because they're showing oh. so was this was this uh was this uh salvatore whatever his name guy was he a real yeah. person
1: um see I, I, I know that's what i'm saying like i don't even know let me let me google that shit. <laughs> but but no no it definitely takes its it's liberty it's it's not like a historical accurate like in the sense of like, like i know maybe like names
0: I know next to nothing about classical music um, or the composers w- within, but it just makes me wonder, even if this guy was a real person. Uh, if the, yeah, if he this... was He
1: was a real person. Okay. Real
0: person. So if this story is from his perspective and he's telling the story and he hates Mozart or it's like, mm, maybe he's, embellishing his womanizing history and stuff I mean maybe he's making oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. him out to be more of a piece of shit than he actually was because he mm-hmm. inher- he's inherently biased against against him so it's like I think that like when you're talking about people twisting history um, and then telling a movie about how people twisted history that's another like
1: layer on the onion as well yeah yeah, no and he uh he also he also taught Mozart when Mozart was like a young child. I forgot to mention that too. He taught him and then he like he like didn't see him when he he like turned 7 or 8 or something and he left and then he didn't see him again till he was like 20 or so. And so he's like pissed that he doesn't that Mozart doesn't really remember him at first. So there's a bunch of like small things that you know But yeah, no, it's definitely, a lot of it's probably way more embellished. It's like a, supposed to be, yeah, like a Hollywood fun movie. It's a, it's a three hour movie. It was pretty long, but it was, it was really, really good. And I know a lot of people like rave about this movie, but yeah, it's like, like all of this was like a, it's like a, it's like a rumor too. It's like a, it's like a theory almost of like, oh, like celery, celery had like a rivalry with Mozart and, and but like no one knows for sure you know so then a writer took this like idea and then he writes about it and then they make this movie so it's like the names are real but it's like how these people are might not be the most accurate and that's like the different version of biopics like that's why i say schindler's list like i i really truly feel in my bones there is no hollywood bullshit in that movie that is spielberg a jewish man taking something of history that was the most historical worst thing genocide ever. And he, and he's taking that and turning it into his art. And I feel like he took that so seriously. And I feel like he was very like heavy handed on what goes in and what doesn't and what and what makes the story and what doesn't. You know what I'm saying? So I just feel like there are super accurate ones but there are also, like you said, there are so many out there that love the Hollywood, that they need to make money. Yes, it is a historical a piece of art, but like we need this to make money. So we need to embellish the story to make it work for Hollywood. And I I truly feel like that's they don't do that for Schindler's List.
0: So that kinda of, like I, I've never seen Schindler's List was this was Schindler a real person? I guess I don't know anything about this. Yeah.
1: So the story of Schindler's list is Schindler is a German man and he comes over to Poland, I believe, um when they start basically putting Jewish people in the ghetto is like around the time where he shows up. And he is trying to get rich and so he makes a factory that is like he makes pots and pans and metalwork basically for the war. And at the time Jewish people were still allowed to work while they lived in the ghetto, but they were half the price of a Poland worker. So Schindler used all the Jewish workers for his factory so he could save money on the labor and was making so much money, so, so, so much money at the time. And then, um, so, so goes on, carries on, and they, uh, when they started moving Jewish people from the ghetto into like the concentration camps, he basically moved his factory. He like paid to like make a new factory and set it up near the concentration camp. And then he would get his workers back in. And And basically like all the Jewish people wanted to work for Schindler because Schindler didn't like hurt anyone. He didn't kill anyone. Once they got into the, once they cleared the ghettos and they realized, okay, people we're just dying now. Like we're just being shot. We're just, we're, this is like, this is, this is it. And once they get in the concentration camps, it gets even worse, obviously. So everyone's trying to work for Schindler because they know they're safe with Schindler. Schindler only cares about making money and he and he sees what's wrong with the war, but but he doesn't he doesn't there's not a turning point for him where he understands what he's doing is for good, and he wants to do that until they start they clear out the ghettos and there's and this movie is in black and white, and there's a girl, a little little small girl that has a red jacket and the jacket is in color and it's the only color shot in the whole movie. And it's like a turning point for Schindler because he realizes the atrocities that are happening and he understands how he can help. So then basically when they start taking all the concentration camps and they just send him to Auschwitz to, to, to literally die and burn. Schindler makes a list with the the person that was in charge of the concentration camps. He makes a list for them, and he basically was like, what's your price per person? What would you pay per person? And basically, Schindler makes this whole list of over a 1,000 people, and he pays for all of them. All that money he made that whole time with the war and the pots and pans, he he uses that money and buys all of his workers— so instead of them going to Auschwitz, they go and work they go to they go back to Poland, or actually they go back to where ever Schindler is from, and he has his own home grounds there, his own factory there. And they go back with him instead of going to Auschwitz. So they start working for him because he bought all of them. And he technically works for the Nazi regime. So it's all it all Ps and Q's. It's okay. And then when they get back home, Schindler starts making like artillery stuff but it's all faulty none of it works and he keeps on sending it to the german units and they keep on being like yo we're about to inspect you none of this shit's working so then he like goes and buys artillery stuff from other people from other artillery workers and manufacturers and he he gets that so he sells that to them so he does not look so suspicious not not 100% are faulty but still there's being less artillery made by him buying those so he's not making any fucking money anymore. He's like, he's lost it all. And then basically at the end of the war, uh, when, they, when it finally happens and Jewish people are like released and free, he ends up saving 1,200 Jewish people. And at the time, like left in Europe, like after it's all said and done, there's only 4,000 Jewish people left. They killed 6 million Jewish people. And he saved one-fourth of the Jewish population, basically. That's absolutely harrowing, bro. Dude, it is one of the, like, another three-hour movie. But it is it is so good, and it is so beautifully done and told so well and told so real. And, like, I really, really, really like that it was done in black and white because it was very, like... It was just like, it's just a lot of innocent blood is spilled and you can't really, the blood doesn't pop out as much on a black and white. You can definitely tell that it's blood, but it doesn't have that same effect. And I feel like that was really good for the story because he he definitely still made it very raw. Like people were dying all the time and it was very, very bad. And it's just, I feel like with the black and white, you could just kind of like get through it better in a way but yeah he and he did this other thing too where he kept on showing everyone's faces he kept on calling out names there were several points in the movie where more names were being called out or names were being given and i think that was amazing thing to do because it get, it gives everyone it gives everyone a name it gives everyone like these are people these this is a person that is normal that had a life that is just like me and you and you like seeing all their faces and stuff it's just it is yes it is har- harrowing it is it is crazy i highly 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 re- recommend it it's one of those things where you watch once and you probably won't watch ever again because it's just it's it's a lot i need to
0: uh definitely watch it i i've let's see Chandler's list i believe is one of the first ever 4k movies that i ever bought and i, I still haven't watched it and it's because Beautiful it's because of how um long it is and i've heard it's really mm-hmm. long and drawn out and stuff but i've heard it's amazing i mean it won that that's that was spielberg's first ever oscar yep. so i mean it's it's an oscar winning movie it's it's i know it's good i know i just need to take the time <laughs> to sit yeah. down and watch it
1: i mean yeah it is it is long but i i don't I think it's I think it's very, very worth it and and, and as far as the three hour movie goes i think the, I think it is very smooth. I don't feel like it drags at any point. I think everything that needed to be said was necessary, so I'm just so beautifully shot the The score is so moving I mean I don't know it's one of the it is one of the deepest, sincere stories I, I've seen in a in a very long time but yeah i mean there's there's so many different i mean even like a like a mockumentary like there's like stuff like that out there too you know so it's like i don't know you yeah. can really it's where do you draw the line you know
0: i want to peel the onion back even more and now we're going to get into silly territory uh okay. we're going to we're going to circle back around to more serious stuff but right now i want to talk about movies based on real people that are outrageously fictitious yes movies like abraham lincoln versus vampires
1: oh yeah baby
0: (laughs) where it does kind of tell the real story of abraham lincoln
1: it's half (laughs) half biopic
0: half horror comedy
1: i didn't even think about that bro i love that fucking movie
0: (laughs) i do too it's been a really long time since i've seen it but like
1: it's actually legitimately a fun movie to watch it's a it's a fun movie i watch it once a year i i i i just love watching abraham lincoln swing around this axe and and murking (laughs) vampires okay like what is there not He, he by day he's a president by night he's a vampire hunter what is there not to love about that
0: it, it was such a good fucking movie dude but I loved how it like it had historical accuracies in it like it, it did it, it told yeah. the story of his campaign his presidential campaign mm-hmm. and his presidency mm-hmm. and up to his assassination and
1: like it's... even what he was doing before that like where he was and how he was working at that shop like that actually like all that stuff was was accurate too so yeah. it, it is really cool how they mended all this fun crazy sci-fi th- horror elements into a president historical life like it, it, it it's really cool even like in the uh, i don't know if this is the movie because i read the book too but in the book they even kind of go further they like stay on his childhood a little longer because i think in the movie you only see like the beginning of like how his mom turned into a vampire and everything Um, but in the, in the, in the book, you get more of him, like living out in like Kentucky. I think that's where it was or Indian and, uh, and like kind of living in those cabins with his dad and family. And it's like, dad gets remarried and stuff like, so yeah, it's, it's, it's pretty, uh, that, that movie is so much fun. I, I, it has no business being that fun, but also you can, you learn a little bit too, you know, what a great adventure.
0: Yeah, I, I think that movies like that are a really good tool for history because you can tell a kid, uh, a teenager, like, hey, watch this movie and then enjoy it for what it is. But then yeah. if you if you remove the vampires from this, it's pretty damn historically accurate. It's a learning tool. Yeah, like you yeah. you could you could assign this shit for homework, man. If I was a teacher,
1: <laughs> I'd be showing this
0: shit in, in fucking, yeah. you know, school like. Like on yeah. the last day of school, this would be the fucking movie yeah. to watch, bro.
1: Yeah, you you roll on that TV, everyone loses <laughs> their mind. <laughs> now
0: nowadays I don't think they do that anymore. I think they just no, turn on the, on the... <laughs> Turn on the smart board. Yeah. God, dude.
1: It's it been... kinda of reminds me you saying that. I, I it's not exactly the same thing. It's like kind of the opposite of where like the story itself is like totally make believe, but like the the facts that are in there are historical is national treasure it's like everything that they're talking about is 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 like all the historical elements that's all like accurate as shit but obviously like the treasure aspect is a little loosey-goosey but like i mean as far as like then we we uh, don't
0: know though we don't know we don't there there could be some shit on the back of the declaration of independence (laughs) man we don't fucking know (laughs) I I watched that movie recently actually um, because it's one of my favorites from my childhood Um, it's a really great Nicolas Cage movie I love Nicolas Cage (laughs) Uh, and and I was watching it and I was like man this fucking shit still holds up (laughs) it's it's still so good bro (laughs) it's still such a good movie it's filled with history it's a love letter to American history and I fucking love that movie man Um, it's a lot of fun and then okay so let's peel back another layer (laughs) let's talk about based on a true story
1: okay yes
0: so a a film where the characters might not be real and the situations are just kind of loosely based right Mm -hmm. look at a movie like eight mile
1: yeah yeah
0: yeah yeah so it's a great example when you have like when we're talking hip-hop there are th- four biopics that are probably the most popular eight mile about Eminem yeah. mm-hmm. all eyes on me about Tupac mm-hmm. um notorious about Biggie Smalls mm-hmm. and straight out of Compton oh yeah So All Eyes on Me, Notorious, and Straight Outta Compton are all fairly accurate. Straight Outta Compton is probably more accurate because it's actually produced by Dr. Dre and Ice Cube.
1: Uh, Yeah.
0: So, I mean, when it's produced by the guys that were there, I mean, that's saying something. Yeah, for sure. Eight Mile, you know, it takes its creative liberties to make it more Hollywood. It probably plays more on Eminem being the white guy surrounded by black folk uh and dealing with that you know it it probably embellishes it more Mm -hmm. um and it honestly i think it makes detroit look a lot worse than it is um but because like like, we
1: gotta really get it across that detroit's not good okay guys yeah
0: we we gotta make eminem look we gotta make (laughs) make eminem look super hard like he came from this these hard streets which no doubt he did like i mean i I, detroit's not definitely poor yeah i mean detroit probably doesn't have the greatest pl- we could ask zed about this Zed zed literally lives in detroit like about to bring zed on and talk about fucking eight mile one day yeah yeah um but like so like it builds this world and these you know rabbit is obviously based off of eminem futures mm-hmm. based off of his uh best friend who actually did pass away which fun fact i found out that uh eminem's best friend his, his like DJ producer guy that, that passed away. I found this out the other day is buried in Detroit in this tomb that is like made like for African American, uh like important people. Right. So yeah. it's at like, it's the Rosa parks, like it's her foundations tomb and Rosa parks buried there. And so, wow. Yeah, it's like this, like little mausoleum type thing, and so the guy who future was based off of, an eight mile, is is buried there, like amongst Rosa Parks, which is wild to me. Yeah, um, that's crazy. But um, and then in the same cemetery, fucking Aretha Franklin's buried. <laughs> wow. So, but but yeah, so eight mile is one of those that's like you know super embellished. I love that movie though. I love yeah, that.
1: Yeah, that's movie. a good movie. Yeah. Do, the ending yeah. of that movie is lit. Yeah, dude. That final rap battle. It's yeah, like, the, I know something that you don't know.
0: Yeah. You went to Cranbrook, dog. That's a yeah, private Claren- school.
1: <laughs> it's really uh, it's Clarence.
0: <laughs> dude, I can't, I cannot look at a movie with it's that like, guy in it.
1: The funny fucking name.
0: <laughs> Every like, time. They pick
1: the widest fucking name they can. Yes. <laughs>
0: Bro, every time yeah. I see that actor, I can't ever remember his name. But every time I gotta make the comment. So if like, I was like that's not Falcon. His real name's Clarence. That's
1: yeah. not that's not the new Captain America. That's Clarence.
0: Uh. <laughs> Dude, I I freaking. Well, I mean, it's like it's the same thing with um, the guy who played Greg Buell in that movie. Uh, oh yeah, the, the guy that's nailing his mom. And so every time I see him, like, I even commented this, like, when he had that episode of the Criterion Closet, I commented, I was like, that's Greg Buell. Me, him, and you, we went to the same school.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. That's hilarious. Do I have another one that I'm, like, staring at right now that's kind of probably the same way where it's based off of, like, uh, see, I, I feel like this is... I don't know if it's based off a of real person or not, because I want to say it is. But Van Helsing, because that's an old folk, folk tale, right?
0: Yeah, I don't know if I would consider. I mean, because obviously every folk tale is, is based, is rooted in a real person. I mean, Count Dracula is rooted in the real Vlad the Impaler and stuff yeah. like that so i mean like if there was a real vlad the impaler there was probably a real van helsing i don't know the audience might know a little more about this because i i don't know the history about van helsing but i don't no i don't either. know if we consider those biopics
1: no like, no not at all i'm just talking about like even um oh dude i just i just just thought of one that was a good one that you, uh, you're you talking about like eight mile and stuff and now i can't remember it you 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 say something while i think war
0: dogs war dogs war dogs i okay, so I haven't seen that, but hey, my jeopardy thing worked, Fuck it yeah it,
1: it did war dogs uh, is that the one
0: with is that the one with Jonah Hill in it
1: and tell her, yeah, it's like about them selling um selling like guns and ammunitions and shit to like other countries and terrorist groups and shit just like selling them to whoever wants to buy them but that's based off a real story but that's also one of those things where i guarantee you they embellished a little bit for their hollywood structure but it, it is definitely those two dudes are real and they and they did what they did and they like because at the end they tell them because they, they like a, like everything, dude. They they get caught. I mean, it's kind of like Lord of War. Lord of War is the same same way. Lord of War is based off a real person. Um, but War Dogs, these two guys, yeah, they ended up getting caught. And it tells you how long they served and what their punishments were and everything. And and uh, but so it's like basically like the rise and fall of them. So that that one's pretty cool too. I actually like that one. Jonah Hill's pretty good in that one. He definitely plays a character that he doesn't usually play. So it's kind of see him. He's like an alpha dog in that, and he's definitely not really known to be like an alpha dog kind of guy. So it's <laughs> interesting just to, to see him in that role,
0: because yeah. like there's
1: a there's a scene where he's trying to get information off someone, or he might be trying to buy some uh, druggies, um, But these guys are are punking them, and they're kind of like trying to like whisk him off and calling him a bitch and stuff and he uh he like goes to the back of his back of his car and pulls out like a semi-automatic gun and starts shooting it all over the place and that's just like totally unhinged i'm like did that actually happen because that's fucking crazy (laughs) there's like no way yeah it's kind of like like broad daylight
0: (laughs) a couple other movies that are like a bit like that
1: are like um
0: pain and gain you ever seen that with mark Wahlberg? Uh, and yeah, I, I saw Barack. that
1: once I, was, I saw that once when it released and i don't know if i'll ever see that one again
0: i liked it a lot i thought it was fun actually i
1: might no like i'm not saying that it's bad i just it was fucking ridiculous man because yeah. I, I, I i kid you not like i literally have not seen that since it released and i'm like kind of slowly remembering isn't there a scene where they're like trying to like just Decide what to do with the body, and they're like, it's like this whole fucking ordeal. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Okay. Rebel Wilson's yeah, there you. and shit. And... Yeah,
1: yeah, 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 dude. Yeah, I might need to rewatch that one. But it was it, funny. It, so fried. Yeah, it's funny. It, it's definitely funny, but it like made me like sad because I was like, is this actually like this like really happened? <laughs> well, okay,
0: so I I just looked it up because I knew that it was kind of based on a true story. Apparently. Um, it's the screenplays by Christopher Marcus and uh Stephen McFeely, and the screenplay is adapted from a 1999 series of Miami New Times article uh, articles by Pete Collins, which were compiled in the book Pain and Gain This is a True Story. And that that book of those articles was released concurrently with the film. Um, so I mean, the it, it's it's kind of sounds like um tabloid stories a little bit but i mean they probably do have some truth to them
1: yeah for sure you know what i thought was like a true story when i was young and watched the movie but obviously it's it's not and i was just young and stupid what project x project x (laughs) yeah you never did you not see that when you were younger no it was, like, Prime. It came out when I was, like, 13 or 14. Project X is about uh, this kid that throws the biggest party ever, and, like, hundreds and hundreds of people, and it's, like, it's, like, shot from, like, found footage. It's, like, on a on a handheld camera, and it just gets so fucking out of hand, and, like, the cops are called, like, the SWAT team. There's, like, a huge fire. It's, like, so crazy, and, like, when I was in high school, this that's when the movie dropped, and everyone was like everyone was like who's gonna throw the project x party who's gonna be throwing the party that's like project x and it was dude it was like this whole like everyone's like trying to go after and like recreate this like movie and shit it was like a huge thing and when i was in high school it was crazy
0: yeah dude no i haven't seen that i think i might have been a little too young for that boat
1: of time it was uh it's not like the, the best of movies, but it it's fun and it's like shot on that that found footage type vibe and and it's uh it's not too long either, but it, it's a great like young adult movie. It was it was a lot of fucking fun. <laughs> like it, it the it goes off the rails, bro. The ending is just ridiculous. Nice, nice. But I was yeah. I, I, I always thought that was real. I was like, man. <laughs> I can't believe they actually did that shit that's crazy
0: wait so did you think that it was based on a true story or did you think that like the found footage of it was actual real found footage
1: correct i thought it was actual real found footage okay <laughs> okay oh <laughs> well, young it, and stupid <laughs>
0: i can't imagine how crazy scared you were when paranormal activity came out shit
1: <laughs> well that and uh, uh guy we're going off the rails but um uh chronicle have you ever seen chronicle yeah
0: dude about the superpowers and shit oh my yeah,
1: god dude that shit is hard
0: <laughs> dude we could make a whole fucking episode on found footage
1: i'll put it in the books we'll save yeah. that for later i'm gonna have we'll we'll get a list of movies together and we'll have to watch a couple of them because oh yeah. there's a there's some there's some good found footage movies out there i mean blair witch is found footage right i'm remembering correctly
0: yes the first I one. i haven't is. seen that
1: uh, yeah i haven't seen the first one in forever was I like one of the first big like first found footage films to like do really good? I don't really know where found footage yeah. films came from. It wasn't
0: the first, but it was like the first one to have major commercial success to like break into okay. the
1: mainstream. Yeah, because Cloverfield is another really good found footage movie. I think I like Cloverfield a lot. I
0: own that one. And I've seen. I saw it when I was in high school, but I don't remember it. I know it's about like an alien invasion, but like that's about yeah, it. but
1: yeah they don't show the alien invasion though that's what i feel like is like really cool like a lot of people are upset about that fact which i understand but like i think it's really cool that you're just like in the shits with these with this group of people while everything is going down and you yourself are like in the dark of what's happening so it kind of like adds a little more tension to the movie
0: that's cool yeah
1: um and it's got two sequels i believe right yeah yeah so yeah.
0: I, I don't uh 10 Cloverfield Lane that's not found footage though, it? that's like actually
1: cinematic right no, that's yeah that's actually cinematic.
0: Yeah. I heard John Goodman is excellent in that movie dude
1: yeah I haven't seen it since it released I need to rewatch that one so I but was yeah. I,
0: I was looking at something real quick Um when we were on the topic of the World War II biopics I was like mm-hmm. I wonder how accurate and glorious bastards is
1: oh yeah
0: And apparently it's not based on a true story, but the characters in it are based on real people.
1: Really? Apparently, yeah. That's actually kind of more interesting to me. Are these people actually like how they were? Was there someone just bashing Nazi brains in with a baseball bat? Like, I need to know more, please.
0: You know what, though? I'm absolutely 100% sure that the United States military did have really badass big burly dudes that went in <laughs> that were just blood hungry for fucking nazi guts and just went yeah we're <laughs> going in fucking and,
1: crazy
0: yeah dude i mean the atrocities of war will drive men to commit awful things against each other mm-hmm. you know i mean look at any look at apocalypse now mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. apocalypse now is another good one it's it's a biopic of the time period it's not it's not yeah a true story but Mm -hmm. but but it's like it captures vietnam very well you know
1: oh so well god that was what a mess that was it really truly showed how unorganized and how meaningless that war really was to us because lives were just being wasted there unfortunately sad to say human beings
0: thrown as fodder bro that
1: Mm -hmm. awful awful You know, another one that's kind of like that, I guess, in a way, is Dunkirk. It's not necessarily about one person, it's about an event, but that event itself is very true. It's very, very real and historical. And I love Dunkirk. I understand a lot of people were upset because they thought they were going to watch like a war movie. You're going to watch people fight and stuff because they didn't understand what the Battle of Dunkirk was. Battle of Dunkirk wasn't really a battle, it was an escape. It was a It was a, these are our last men that we have over in Europe. And, like, we need to get them out of here. Germany has pushed them to literally the edge of the the land. And it was, like, a last-ditch effort to save all those lives. And, like, two, like, like, I think he, Christopher Nolan did an amazing job of getting it across with these, like, men that, like, they were stuck. Like, they themselves thought they weren't going to live. They thought they were going to die. And then they're trying to just survive themselves. That's why, like, you see, like, people jumping off boats, people jumping on boats, people, like, doing whatever they can to, like, get the fuck off there because the G- Germany is about to be there in a couple hours. So I thought that was really, really cool and I'm really, really well done and a cool way to make a movie that's, in a time period, but not necessarily about one individual, which is what you were saying about Apocalypse Now too. So well another
0: I mean, another good one is a movie that you and I both like adore and that we have like on this show on our TikToks have like gone through and recommended it so many times and that's come and see. Oh yeah. Which is a mm-hmm. great I mean, I'm sure that the story that it tells as a little boy and stuff is probably the story for many boys you know right
1: yeah Mm -hmm. and it's
0: like they chose that one pivotal character to show that but i mean it's the story of many shown by one one character but i mean that movie shows the atrocities of the nazis when they invaded uh Mm -hmm. belarus so Mm -hmm. i mean it's 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 an insanely harrowing story we were talking about that on live the other day man and I think we probably sold probably 10 or 20 people on getting the Criterion copy
1: of it. Really? Yeah. Me and my buddy, me and my buddy,
0: Brandon, we're talking about it, man.
1: Um, Yeah. It's it. Talk about harrowing. I mean, that has to be one of the most like raw, like war movies, anti-war movies that I've ever seen. Just, just it's like, there's a, there's a moment of the movie where they, it's in the beginning and they get, they get bombed basically. And he loses his hearing, and it's like this high pitched noise, so you know, like he hears, he loses his hearing. And then you go through the movie, and you can tell he still doesn't have his hearing. And then when he gets it back, finally, is when he, they find the rest of the town because they can't find anyone, and they go to that where everyone is, like all huddled up in the, in the middle of that land, and everyone's like moaning and groaning and crying. And then that's when he kind of gets his hearing back, and that was like dude i was like what the fuck is happening right now i was just like this is so intense and mm-hmm. like but in a way like nothing is happening but everything is happening and it's so it's it was so intense and for him to regain his hearing at that point in time and then being overstimulated by all these people and he's a, he doesn't know where his family is and it's just yeah, oh my god
0: he's been shell-shocked
1: yeah 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 it, it, Quite literally, you know? <laughs> yeah.
0: Like it, that movie is one that's like so crazy. Cause it's like, it plays with the, the viewers emotions really mm-hmm. bad. Like, because one minute, you know, it's heroics and it's, and it can be heartwarming and it can be mm-hmm. wholesome. Like when he's like with the girl and stuff, the little girl. Yeah. And then the next it's like showing you absolutely atrocious scenery. And it's awful. And it makes you feel like, oh, my God, I can't believe that human beings. I can't believe I'm part of a species that committed these awful acts. Like, I feel disgusted to
1: be a human being that's capable of doing that shit. So, like, I, I didn't even understand when I watched that, when they, like, the Nazis actually, like, invade. And there's a lot of them that they're literally, like, slowly, like, herding these people together to do what they end up doing. And it's just... It's just it's just sickening and crazy and wild and i also think about how like phones weren't a thing then too so it's like in order like so like they leave and they have the orders of fucking kill everyone kill everything invade do whatever you need to be done and like that's their orders until someone gets a letter there so it's like The who knows? Like Hitler could have died and then a month later they get this letter and they're like, Oh, well, we've been killing people for a whole month extra. My bad. Right. Like (laughs) like what the like who knows? Who knows? But yeah, that that is also one of those movies that like I I love like yeah, I love what you said about, you know, maybe it's not this one particular boy story, but multiple boys, girls, multiple children's stories. And I love that it's a child because it's the most innocent viewpoint you could have during a war. And that's what it is. It's true innocence of not knowing what is fucking happening until it starts happening. And then you're like, just more and more. And that's and that's why I love how he's centered on the title Come and See. Because yeah. it's like Come and come and see what yeah. fucking happened, man. And he wanted he wanted to name the he wanted to name the movie like fuck Hitler or something like that, but they wouldn't let him. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Uh, it would have been a st- an evenly um, impactful <laughs> title for sure
1: yeah the ending of that is really good i thought that was really artistic way to end with the the boy um shooting the picture of hitler and the having the flashbacks of the rise and fall of hitler and germany and nazi germany in the background that was artistic as all hell but so powerful dude so
0: you're making me also want to do a fucking
1: episode on war picks with you. I, dude, I've been on a tear. I mean, I saw The Darkest Hour, I saw Schindler's List, I saw The Thin The Thin Red Line. The Thin Red Line might be one of my new all-time favorite war movies. It is unbelievably good. Just cuz that's Terrence Malick. That was my first Terrence Malick movie, and I know he's a real like he, he's heavy on emotions. He loves pulling emotions out from people and that's what this one is about it's about it's about a regiment that is supposed to be pushing the this island basically and take take this this line that we have so we can start landing our airplanes on there so we can start taking the fight to japan because it's at the, at the end of world war ii and he just dives in to these psyches of these soldiers and how what was what was waiting for them back home or what was happening back home and and who these people are they're not just soldiers and like the fear the fear that he like made you realize was just outstanding cuz i feel like a lot of these war movies it's like it's so hard to like accurately like get like the depiction of war all the sets have to be so good and it's just so much goes into it. It obviously can't be totally perfect, but like with this one, I feel like the set itself was simplistic because it's just an island, so it's just like nature, and he plays on the nature so well too. So it's like that. That dude, one of my new favorites, man. The Thin Red Line, also that. one of those one of those things where it could damn near be a, a a biopic in a way where it's that that those events actually happen, like rather or not those these exact people did these exact things you know that's hearsay but like that actual event happened and it and it changed it changed the the way the war was going by us being able to set up shop closer to japan
0: that's um one that i'll definitely add to my list to watch but yeah dude let's do a fucking let's do a war a war episode um talk about civil war world war ii world war one vietnam uh yeah like uh yeah. i mean there's a lot of movies that i love that are like military movies that i would love to yeah. discuss gettysburg it's an amazing movie mm-hmm. uh hacksaw uh, ridge
1: glory glory is really good too fury 1917 Fury is good 1917 is amazing 1917 so good
0: have you seen the new all quiet on the western front the oh, Netflix one,
1: yeah, yes,
0: it was insanely yes. good, insanely good. Um, then of course, Full Metal Jacket, Apocalypse Now, yeah.
1: uh,
0: oh. Jarhead's a good one.
1: Ah, uh, there's one that I've been dying to see that I have in my collection that I haven't gotten to. It's uh, The Hurt Locker. It won a decent amount of awards and everything, so I'm trying to I'm trying to watch that soon. But there's so many war movies out there, and there's some more movies that suck. But I feel like. get it right man i feel like they can be so moving and powerful and cool and awesome and just like really really good stories and really really good movies i mean saving private ryan is amazing i mean it's just i feel like there is a lot of good war movies out there that could be talked about
0: Hmm. well you heard it here uh, first folks uh there soon enough there will be a a big war episode with drew and i uh we're definitely gonna talk about that because i i personally love american history and i love war movies so mm-hmm. we will we will definitely talk about that but we have been going for over an hour now so i'm gonna go ahead and wrap this drew did you have any final thoughts on biopics and stuff like
1: that yeah so biopics are awesome Take them with a grain of salt on occasions uh make sure you do your research with everything that you do and uh furthermore just enjoy the movie you know
0: i think that's an important lesson is that yeah at the heart of it it's still a film and even though it might be showing something that's really heavy subject material it's like films are still meant to be enjoyed they're meant to provide education so but but yeah research 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 (laughs) don't take don't take hollywood as gospel yes all right everybody have a great week what an episode, man. Biopics are always super fun to discuss and even more fun to watch. We would like to thank everyone who has been listening along and would like to remind you to go ahead and follow Masters of Matinee on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts. Special thanks to this week's co-host, Drew, who can be found on TikTok at Drewby Doobie Movie don't forget that all four masters are now on letterbox come and see what kind of movies we've been watching and be sure to leave a comment and let us know that you're listening to the show their links can be found in the description remember to also follow me on tiktok and youtube at jt the talking head thank you all so much for listening to this awesome collaborative effort of four guys who just want to talk about the things they love movies and physical media be sure to join us next week and every single week on blues day tuesday hope you enjoyed the show we'll see you next week